Hey everybody, it's been a while since I I recorded something. That's basically because I had a lot of work to do and my car is for whatever reason starting to break down and failing me, so I'm got to take care of that stuff as well. I'm a little bit behind on my studies. That's not so good, but I have to catch up on that over the weekend. And right now, I was wondering what I should be talking about and giving you some updates of uh, some interesting material, I suppose. And I think I should most likely um, start talking more about my work because I have been complaining a bit too much. There are still two topics that I would like to talk about. One is still, you know, uh, the the Jason Voorhees movies, the the Friday movies, which I I love so dearly. But um, I think for today it's it's not really a big issue for me but not something i i want to talk about that desperately since i am still thinking about that comic that i'd like to draw for myself you know the the, the fan art project so to speak but it's all been a bit uh a bit rough the last few weeks um basically because i have a mouse in my apartment at least again and I think it's still there, but I can't find it. It's been... Wait a second, let, let me check. No, I can't find it. <laughs> you have to realize I really live in a cold, damp basement. I like it. But it's not always the most comfortable place in the world, but right now it's it suffice for, well, approximately two years, I suppose. And um, it's an old building. And I'm living way out of uh, outside of town. Uh, the next city is, I don't know how many miles away. So it occasionally happens that these mice like to, you know, dig themselves somewhere inside an old building through cracks in the walls or uh, through a basement, of course. And since I live in one, occasionally I have a visitor here. Now, these mice don't really, at least in, in this region here, I do not believe they contract diseases. So that's not something I'm worried about. They could, but I don't think the chances are that big. And um, the first mouse I captured last year in before winter time, I tried hard to get that little beast. And I, I didn't want to kill it. I tried to, to just capture it, uh, keep it safe, and then, you know, take it for a walk outside in the woods or maybe a drive and let it free because I'm not really fond of you know harming animals more than you absolutely have to and uh, well since it's just a mouse in the end i don't have to wage war against it unless of course it's trying to uh you know sabotage my computer and chewing through cables then i got a problem i i might get a flamethrower but only then but that's a different issue here that's um it's still the, this mouse right now, the one I saw. The funny thing is, I saw it only once. I was sitting here in my chair, reading through these you know lectures for my studies, for the online uni- university, um, and I got to page two or three or something, and then I noticed a shadow walking in the background, or moving, let's say. And at the first, I thought, "Ooh, I must be tired," but then I, I looked again. And I recognized it's a mouse again. 
And, uh, well, yeah, it, it did kind of freak me out. When you see that the first time, and you, you're not prepared to see a mouse or anything else walking and living and breathing in your apartment or, or home, let's say, then you do get a bit freaked out, you know? It's, it's like, uh, it's not really a shock, but it's more of a gigantic surprise. And uh, since that day, uh, I haven't seen her before. Or, it, or, or him, or it, whatever, okay? I'd like to think it's a she, you know, maybe it's a fan of mine, who knows? And uh, I looked everywhere. I tried to find, you know, behind... Uh, Behind furniture, right behind me, there's a fireplace, and I believe that there might be a crack in the walls behind uh, that fireplace where the mouse likes to hide and break through or, or, or something. And uh, if that's not the case, it might be from my neighbor directly. Who knows? I mean, I haven't found any weakness, uh, weak spots in, in the building, at least not many, and I don't think that a mouse would actually go through there, but I could be wrong. You know, mice are very, very persistent, very clever, and they find ways to ruin your existence. <laughs> they will fucking destroy you. But they're cute, so, you know, I let them live. Whatever. Um, the work I wanted to talk about is the publisher I've been working for has contacted me for, that's the Pons, or let's say P-O-N-S publisher from... Germany. They're very famous for educational material, especially in international business, economy, um, languages, of course. They produce many, uh, many books in trying to teaching languages, teaching grammar, teaching how to use the language properly in everyday life. And uh, which I, something I have mentioned in my previous podcast, um, my job was to illustrate these these uh, projects. Not all of them, unfortunately, but I could illustrate at least a few. And right now, because of COVID, um, the the sales I just got you know informed again uh, by the sad news that the sales have still dropped dramatically, at least to such a point where the publisher is a bit concerned about future projects and is unsure of if they want to pursue these projects and then, you know, push out some new books on the market or if they should still wait and save save money, wait for the right moment and then try again. Which is, uh, yeah, it's understandable. I think we can all agree that COVID is pretty much you know, ruining many lives out there. It's uh, ruining the economy everywhere. And uh, in fact, um, uh, someone I know in the Philippines is selling his hotel. And uh, I'm trying to find uh, a buyer and uh, I'm helping out my dad in that case. He's directly involved with the hotel. He actually owns a, a portion of it as far as I understand anyway. But the main owner had enough uh, most likely due to COVID. I haven't spoken to him directly. And, um, well, it's a shame. It was a very beautiful place. It was in Angeles City. And the hotel is called the Clarkton... Um, yeah, the Clarkton Hotel. You can look it up online. You'll, you'll find it. Um, it's, it's, it really is a beautiful place. He, he renovated the entire complex. And they already have extension plans for the future to, to keep this thing growing and getting, making it bigger and more, 
more uh, just exotic, I would say. Yeah, I think exotic is the right word, and very luxurious too. Not too luxurious, we're not talking about super high prices, but for, you know, the value for money in this case, in this hotel, is just fine, but unfortunately he wants to sell the thing for quite a lot of money. <laughs> so, you know, I can, I can try to help out and, and see if I can find an international buyer. And that's also something that takes away lots of my free time. Then I had um, another illustration I did for my boss from my day job. These people there, the, 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 the people in charge, directors of supply chain, if you will, they, they are aware that I do these things. They also cherish it to some degree. They respect it. They love it. And um, I was asked if I can create a, a, a birthday card for, uh, I can actually add maybe a picture. I, I don't have um, a, a proper snapshot of that drawing. I couldn't scan it in because it's a little too big. But I just made a quick snapshot uh, with, uh, with my, my mobile phone. And I can, I can link it here somehow. It's really not as beautiful as I would hoped as I hoped it to be, or, or make it happen at least, to create it somehow. But it's close enough to the thing that I wanted to do at least. And um, one of these, these supervisors is uh, a huge fan of Spain, for example. So I used that theme to create a card based on him in, in vacation, or on vacation, sorry, on vacation. You see, my English is not the best today either, but I'm really trying here. So, you know, cut me some slack. <laughs> um, like I said, he loves Spain, so I, I drew that and uh, bought some specific colors that don't blend through the paper or bleed through the paper, which is sometimes a bit tricky. And um, I got very um, thick, good drawing paper. I think 250 grams we're talking about, just, you know, the, the, talking about the, the material and the strength of the paper. Um, it's not the best product in the world, but I bought it from an art supply store that uh, produces these products by themselves, too. I'm not sure where they're produced. I don't know the country. But it's like a no-name product, but it's a very good no-name product, which uh, it, it comes in handy. And I took an A3 uh, board of paper, or let's say sheet of paper, sorry, um, and, and it, it was supposed to be a foldable card. And they suggested the, the, the people, you know, my, the, the biggest boss in there, so to speak, he, or one of the biggest, very high up there in, 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 the, in the food chain. And he was asking for a small card, and I thought, you know what, fuck that. Let's make the card a little bigger. Let's make the card A4 size, so it at least looks like something. And when he opens it up, it's an A3 landscape of a portion, a portion of Spain, an area which he very much loves. I forgot the name, I'm sorry. And I showed him in the forefront on a balcony enjoying his, his wine because he's a wine fanatic, a wine lover, and, and um, also loves the stock market. So I built that in on a laptop on his, on his table. And, uh, you know, I was hiding the 60 all around there because he got 60 years old. And like a 60-year-old wine or working in the aisle 60, 60A, 60B, uh, which is... You can, when, when, when the card is closed, the main title 
the cover, so to speak, is him working in this logistic field, working in the warehouse, which uh, he, of course, doesn't do. I mean, he's like, he's, he's, in, he's an office uh, keyboard cowboy, but occasionally you do see him uh, walking around in, in the company. And he's, he, he, this guy is actually pretty cool because the way he behaves, he has backbone, you know. He, he never treats you with disrespect, not ever. And that's what I really enjoy about this guy. So I felt flattered that they asked me to make a card for him. So, of course, I can't refuse these people, right? You never say to your boss, I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> you got to be nuts. So, of course, I made time available, so I did that card. And on the back of that card, when you just turn around, while it's closed, it says the name of the company, of course, with a small illustration of a building of a warehouse, of course. And... Uh, that was it. I tried to make it as cute as possible and not too uh, cheesy, not too um, eccentric. I didn't want to make him look look ugly or bad or something like that or weird and just try to stay a bit more realistic in that design. I'll, I'll show you in that link. Um, basically, um, I do love still working on paper. I think I mentioned that before. There is something very intimate in the process of creating artwork on a real canvas or a real sheet of paper on matter. It, it has to be real. I do appreciate the digital art. It's, it's unique. It's uh, very exciting. I do use it myself. Uh, like I said before, I have, uh, I've, I've got my pen display. I've got my, my Samsung tablet to draw and uh, software and all that crap and it's 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 good it's it's really powerful and you can do something with it but do yourself a favor if you have the space and you have the time and a little bit of cash you don't have to you, there is no need to spend more money than you have to in order to create artwork that's just the the, the blatant uh sorry blatant right you pronounce it blatant blatantly yeah i think i think you do um yeah it's it's the blatant truth that you really do not need uh thousands of bucks to buy them the, the most expensive brushes the the most expensive color and all that nonsense it's not really true to all uh, circumstances it depends what you want of course you can buy i've seen brushes out there paint brushes one brush 50 fucking bucks, 50 for a brush. And you got to ask yourself, who in his right mind buys it? Well, it's basically the people who really work with these brushes day in, day out, painting. Painting for what they believe is right. And they want, of course, a brush that they can rely on and trust because the bristles, if they break... Uh, one or two or three, you know, that doesn't matter. But if more break and the brush loses its form, of course you can't paint a precise line or or uh, a, a specific pattern that you want. It becomes more complicated. So a lot of people, of course, pay more money for uh, natural hair brushes uh, to just maintain a certain form of quality in their work. That doesn't mean that you have to buy these brushes the entire time for every occasion. You know, it's you can buy a brush for 10 bucks and that is even expensive enough. I personally don't do that. I just I buy still cheap brushes. I buy good brushes for specific use, 
let's say, uh, more precise lines, if I wanted to paint detail into a picture, no matter if it's inking or if it's actual, uh, you know, acrylic colors and stuff like that. But um, for, for, the, for the vast majority of that painting, I use old brushes, I use cheap ones with rough bristles, because I like rough coloring in those paintings. And I, I can show you a, a couple, uh, maybe in this podcast, but I don't have that much time, unfortunately. I have to keep working on something else. Um, I painted a picture of Peter Gabriel, um, which is, in fact, uh, the first real painting I have ever done. And I'm not kidding here. And I'm very proud of this painting, and it's one of my favorite works because I love Peter Gabriel so much. And it's, I know it sounds idiotic because, he's, in case you don't know who that guy is, um, everyone knows who Phil Collins is, right? And most of, most of the people, at least on the planet, are aware who Phil Collins is and what he did because it was very commercially successful with his work. And, but he's a mainstream artist. And Peter Gabriel is, well, he's not that much mainstream, really, at least just maybe to 5%, because of songs like Sludgehammer, uh, Salisbury Hill, perhaps, uh, then songs like Big Time, Steam. And I think that's almost where it stops. I mean, even, even the song Growing Up from one of his later albums was... Uh, a little bit mainstream, but still there is a touch of Gabriel in every in all of his songs. And he used to be the front man of the group Genesis back in the day when they formed. And uh, they were, you know, very famous for their three theatrical performances as progressive rock artists. And uh, they have very unbelievable complex uh, musical structures and arrangements that they created. Uh, on stage, live, as well as the studio albums. And Peter left after a couple of years and then became, in 1977, a solo artist, you know, with his first album, which was entitled just uh, Peter Gabriel and That's It. The the first four albums were just titled Peter Gabriel. And the rest, you know, starting with the album So, which was the most gigantic success he had in the 80s, 1986 that was, and it is truly one of the best masterpieces out there in, in, in music. I listen to a lot of people. I listen to electronic music. I sometimes listen to, to rock and roll, metal. I listen to the 40s, to the swing time, the swing era. I sometimes listen to jazz. I like listening to solo piano. I like listening to ambient, to uh, minimal music. Um, well, lots of chill out, of course, but, you know, I just love that stuff. I like listening to the 80s, the 90s, uh, some songs of the 2000s. I love listening to soundtracks and uh, sometimes music from the 60s and 70s, too. I love music like crazy because, well, it sometimes gives me the feeling that I'm still alive. <laughs> it's... Music is a universal language. It's an art form that speaks to everyone. I think more so than any painting could, or any picture, any photograph, any any uh, any comic book, anything that that you could create there. I think music just is much much more powerful in its way of communication. 
in provoking thought, in provoking emotion, uh, prov provoking a response from any living creature sitting there listening and just being in awe of what they experience. And I think music is just a very powerful tool. And Peter Gabriel is one of my absolute favorite artists because he knows what the music is capable of doing in reaching out to people and being emotional toolkits. And for me personally in my life, his music has helped me on more than one occasion to actually stay sane. You know, in the darkest of my times, I listened to a few of his tracks and I felt like I was onto something. I felt like I could, I could maybe solve a problem. I could maybe find solutions. I could, I could calm myself down. I could face my problems and you know, still trying to devour them, taking them apart, going through the darkness in order to see the light. That is something that I truly believe uh, every artist that is somehow similar to Peter Gabriel are capable of doing with their music, helping people. You know, I, I understand that lots of people like to listen to music because uh, it makes you feel good. And happy music like, you know, disco, um, dance music, of course, love songs and all that kind of stuff. It lift, it's very uplifting, but music should be more than that. It's, music is not just there to give you a good time or to help you ignore problems. Music can also be there to help you face the problems. Ignoring problems will never solve anything. And it's okay, like, in a, for example, Eric Clapton, we all know this guy, wonderful artist, great music, fantastic songwriter, and he wrote a song about the tragic death of his son. And if you haven't heard of what happened to his son, look it up, look in Google, you will find it, it's really devastating. It's a, it's a shock for every parent to actually um, to experience something like that. And, you know, God forbid that you ever have to. But he did, and he wrote a song about it. And that's beautiful. It's, I think that is an example of why people need art so much. To express not only themselves, but to reach out to people. To, to transfer this expression in an emotional value for other people to understand and to respond to, to reflect upon, to recognize themselves, to find maybe closure in your own life. It's, it's, it's so many things, uh, you know, play a role in, in, in uh, emotional, thought-provoking, deep and interesting music. And I do prefer the dark side of music when it's very uh, melancholic and weird and, and obscure, where it just where you you don't really know what you're listening to, until the emotional part reveals itself, and it's just mesmerizing to dig through these uh, songs. One of my favorite Peter Gabriel songs of all time is a is a is a, um, a hidden gem, a song that not many people know. Uh, only the fans really know this, and it's called 14 Black Paintings. And it doesn't have many lyrics. It's, it's, this song is more like a statement, a preaching statement about change. And you have to listen to it. It's, it's a, it the opening is more of a world music type, 
strongly world music type, I should say. It was from the album Us from 1992. Um, I recommend, if you're open to this kind of music, very emotional music, I have to say. It's one of the best pieces I've ever heard. Um, give it a spin. Look it, on, look it up on YouTube or Spotify or you know iTunes. It's a mesmerizing track. And if you listen to that, you can maybe understand why I love his music so much and anybody who, who knows exactly how to create music just like that. It doesn't have to be world music oriented or, oriented, or at least based off. Uh, or I know. Um, I, I do like world music, but only to such a degree because I'm more into the electronic uh, music in in total or overall. And uh, Peter is is always interesting to me because um, he likes to experiment, and he's experimenting from album to album. You know, he always changes. He always does something, but still remains the same person, uh, the same artist, be, with his touch of Gabriel magic in, in, in all of his songs and on, on every album, really. And it never gets boring for me, you know. And uh, that's one of the reasons I wanted to, to paint this painting, because the painting is based on, on a photograph that was done, a promotion photograph from a French photographer i'm so sorry i cannot find him anymore i used to know who that guy was i looked it up and i found the picture a promotion snapshot in a very very small low resolution we're talking about 640 times 480 lines here or a pixel so it's it's really a low resolution photograph from the early 2000s because the promotion was done in 1999 black and white with a very high contrast, like in, in this painting, this this noir uh, theme overall, with a lot of black, um, and uh, the, the the picture that this uh, painting is based on, I wanted to buy it so badly. I was looking for somebody who would still sell printings of it, and I think that the original photograph was never used for. Uh, well, let's say uh, commercial material. It was never used to be sold like that. It was only used for a specific project, and I can't even remember for, for what it was, really. I mean, 1999, there was nothing that Gabriel would have uh, put out, I think. No, no, I don't think so. I think 2003 or 2002 was his Up album, uh, the last real studio album. And uh, we're still waiting for a new one right now. And he's he uh, he has become he turned he turned seventy one this year. So you know, fingers crossed if he's still willing to do something. Let's let's hope for the best. And um, that uh, photograph is well because of its darkness, because of its uh, noir aspect. It's one of the most beautiful photographs I've ever seen. And I wanted to find it so badly so I could create a poster maybe from it or pull it up to a higher resolution maybe or transform it into something I could print. And then it came to me. I thought, dude, you're fucking drawing for years. Maybe you should paint this instead. So I thought, you know what? 
that ain't such a bad idea. So I got myself my first canvas ever. I got acrylic colors, black and white only, for the first time ever, <laughs> and, and so on and so on and so on. Some brushes here and there, and then I just, uh, I started with a very rough sketch at first on the canvas, and then I fleshed out that sketch to get at least the face right of, of that you know black and white blurry uh, um, photograph. And all of a sudden it seemed to work, the arrangements of my lines, and then I thought, okay, this is good. I can use this, I can paint. So I took the color and just smacked it up there, and within two days I was able to, to create this thing. And I posted it even on you know Facebook in one of these uh, Gabriel fan groups. And um, it's... I will not sell this thing. It's going to stay here until I die, probably. It's, it's uh, <laughs> the best thing I have ever done, I think. And uh, if I don't forget, I'm going to link it in, in, in this podcast. I have a few more paintings, some that would be maybe more appealing to you people, but um, I think that I can leave that for another time. I have a few more paintings that I've started, but because of my tight time schedule... I really can't find a proper day or two to actually keep working on them. So it's been it's been quite busy. And uh, well, yeah. If if it wasn't for my car, you know, I, I I would probably have a more lighter head at the moment. And I'm not sure what what kind of car to buy. I don't, I'd like to buy an older, cheap car and just drive that for a couple of years until it falls apart. But um, right now, the car prices are pretty expensive in Germany, at least in my area they are. And I'm still trying to find a good bargain. So, fingers crossed. I'd like to get this done in July and just, you know, keep going forward with the next project. But I'll be back for more podcasts. Oh, yeah, before I forget, I'm totally lost here. I went off track with the painting. Um... The publisher wants me to recreate um, for the English and French book that we worked on, um, recreate the covers to reprint the old material instead of creating completely new books and trying to sell the first issues again with more advertisement. Because like I said, the risk because of COVID and lack of money and all that, they have project that, projects that have been completed successfully they receive positive feedback, but they haven't sold enough and they want to gain more attention. So they need uh, a, a different approach in, in cover design, more aggressive this time, more uh, flashy, shiny comic book uh, material like, you know, a splash page. And um, presenting that instead and hoping that more people might catch up on it. Realizing that the publisher is serious, we want to sell these books. So I'm, I'm happy I can still do that and create new designs. When they're finished uh, sometime in July, probably, I will um, po- show them to you. Probably, I think. No, wait, wait, wait. I can't. Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I cannot do that. I'm, I'm, the books have to be published. They have to be officially on the market for sale. I cannot show these images the final image of the cover just yet. There is a there's a line in my contract which forbids me to do that. So uh, I'm sorry about that. 
but if 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 that time comes when that material actually gets uh, published and they create advertisement on Amazon or something, I will let you know in case you're interested. But till then, well, I have to you know keep working on that stuff. Of course, it sounds ridiculous when I when I say it like that. I'm going to be finished in July. Sometimes I'm really busy. Normally, a cover like that I could do in almost just one day, but. I'm just really exhausted. I, I still work eight hours a day. Um, I, have, I have a chance to change my department again because I got a job offering in the company. Something I've been thinking about um, might be even better for me for, um, for my back or my hands or something. I don't know. Uh, it depends what they want from me. I'm still investigating. It will happen after my, my, my vacation. Next week is my vacation, guys. So... Um, I'll be going away for a couple of days in, in the deep, dark regions of Bavaria, um, seeing some friends. And uh, when I come back, I have to create these these covers. I have, they both have to be, should be finished, because I'd like to get paid. And my studies have to continue. So, you know, that's that's what I've been aiming for, at least right now, anyway. And I'd like to get back to you guys and talk a little bit more about my favorite movies. So up until then, um, there's not really much news right now. But I hope you're doing fine. I hope that you're happy, you people. I hope that you're healthy, that you eat your vitamins, (laughs) that you don't get sick and uh, feel miserable because of whatever circumstance in your life. There's always a day for you guys where the sun shines. And uh, I hope to hear you soon or read from you or just keep talking to you guys. Because this, this stuff is kind of fun. It's like therapy for me, really. I wish you all the best. Take care of yourselves and see you next time.